0: First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org.
1: So, when the war began, you know, all these young people we've trained, all these next generation leaders were trained, they all of a sudden find themselves on the front line of the crisis, bringing hope to those who are in need.
0: Today on First Person, we bring an update on relief efforts underway in Ukraine, led by Mission Eurasia. Sergey Rakuba will join us with a report and an invitation to help with an upcoming Christmas project. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and Sergey will join us momentarily. Last May, on a trip to Ukraine with Sergei and Mission Eurasia, we brought you some programs recorded in-country, and those reports are in the archive at FirstPersonInterview.com. We'll place links to them in our program notes so you can go back and listen at your convenience. Look for them at FirstPersonInterview.com. Since the Russian armed forces invaded Ukraine last May, the attacks have grown ever more severe and caused great suffering. From the beginning, Mission Eurasia has been providing all kinds of care and relief, as well as spiritual counseling. For example, thousands upon thousands of meals have been provided, along with Bibles so eagerly sought after. Sergei Rakuba talked with me just recently to bring us up to date, and also to invite us to a special Christmas project
1: we can all have a part in. Thank you so much, Wayne. So good to be on your show, and uh... You know, have an opportunity to bring you and your listeners uh, up to date. Uh, you know, on what's happening in Ukraine since May we see that, you know, war has not slowed down, you know. So, even more in many uh, aspects, you see, there was a huge escalation in the recent few weeks. Uh, So, Russia intensified shelling, you know, so the residential communities. And uh, my hometown of Zaporozhye was terribly, terribly um, attacked, you know, destroyed many homes. You know, actually, there were... A number of uh, missiles, uh, mm-hmm. as uh, Russians call them, super precise weapons. And apparently, they were targeting residential areas. And right by the house, you know, I grew up and the church I spent my youth, the entire block, you know, was just wiped uh, off the faithful. Oh. Dozens and dozens of killed, you know, many injured. And this is just one of hundreds and hundreds of locations. More people died, more refugees are forced out of their homes, you know, looking for a safer safer place more displaced people as of last week united nations reports you can just think the 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 scale of the tragedy there are 38 uh, 37 38 million people in ukraine as of last week they estimate 20 to 21 a million were displaced it means they were forced out of their areas where they lived either you know so they uh, had to move to a safer place in the western you know farther away from war place uh, in ukraine or cross the border into neighboring countries like poland moldova czech slovakia uh, hungary and other countries but another side of the strategy very few people are talking about just think about half of the children population of ukraine are part of this numbers mm-hmm. you know it means half of the children population of ukraine uh, that means they had to uh, leave their homes that means you know so they left their community their school they lost their loved ones they are the most vulnerable part of this tragedy. Yeah. Why Mission Eurasia? Last summer, you asked, you know, what happened in Ukraine. Uh, since we were there in May and you already saw some preparations, we were preparing to run those summer camps of hope for displaced and uh, refugee children in Ukraine or from Ukraine uh, into neighboring countries. And so it was as tragic the summer was because of the war activity as glorious, if I can say, in the midst of the tragedy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Christ shows how His body, uh, the church, you know, operates and shining as the light on top of the mountain. So, over 20,000 children uh, were able to spend at least, you know, so a weekend or a week in those uh, uh, summer camps of hope. Mission Eurasia, again, with partnership with those faithful, generous donors, supporters here in the States and other countries.
0: And to hear the love of Jesus, uh, the love that Jesus Christ has for them is so important. Those children got that message clearly. Yeah, this this whole thing of, of the enemy's attacks on Ukrainians. And think about the impact on the children that you just talked about. But this whole enemy approach here is to terrorize the nation, isn't it? To demoralize the nation. But it seems to have had a different effect. It seems to
1: have generated
0: even more determination to win this battle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I just even last week, you know, Wayne, you mentioned, you know, I was traveling with my family and uh, ran into Ukrainian family. Uh, it was a vacation spot, Wayne, mm-hmm. and they saw my t shirt, you know, I care Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And they asked right away, you know, tell us how do you care for Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Of course, I switched uh, right into, you know, so their language, you know, so, and we started talking and the kid, 10, 11 year old, Baghdad, he, that's, there was a refugee family, you know, from Ukraine, recent war, he stops me and in his language, he says, my life will never be the same. Russian war brought so much evil. Russia has to be defeated. Mm-hmm. And he is kind of, you know, you know, what a children language. You sure, know? yeah. It's just a kid. Yeah. yeah just, just a kid. You know, and just think about millions of these children that they have impact of this tragic, you know, so impact of the war on their lives, on their families. And so that's what we need to do, you know, so we bring them hope, you know, so, uh, so as much as evil impacts their lives, you know, so this emotional tragedy, I mean, trauma they have, so we bring them the hope of Christ. You know, what Jesus can do, plant that hope in their hearts, you know, so that they will never forget, I think, but they can possibly forgive in Jesus and, uh, you know, continue with their lives. Well, you mentioned
0: the summer camps, but in addition to the summer camps, so much has gone on. Uh, Under the umbrella of Mission Eurasia and donors and partner organizations, Uh, just touch on some of the uh, things that, I mean, the food uh, is still going out, still being packaged and sent out, scriptures being distributed, and now wood stoves are being built and
1: supplied to Ukrainians, thinking of the winter to come? I'm telling you, Wayne, the uh, depth of Ukrainian resourcefulness is absolutely unbelievable. You know, so and our national leaders that lead our ministry in Ukraine now, so they came up with this idea, uh, seeing how uh, displaced families are suffering, and those drones, you know, so they deliberately attack residential areas, demoralizing population, general population of civilians in Ukraine, and they attack those energy source plants, you know, so the heating places, water supplying places, and uh, power. Uh, So uh, we came up with this idea to provide very cheap to build, reasonably cheap, you know, to build in Ukraine this wood-burning stoves that family can have and uh, have wood, enough wood for winter so that they will help them to survive, they can heat their places, in many cases have destroyed places, they can cook food for their families, they can stay warm. And uh, so we are providing those uh, wood-burning stoves now. Mm-hmm. We took over a factory in Ukraine <laughs> and many refugees themselves are working in that factory now in two shifts every day, building those stoves that we deliver farther where people are in need, you know, so to uh, warm their homes, Mm. you know, so.
0: It's outstanding, it really is. So, Mission Eurasia is all about the gospel and evangelizing, but here we are uh, with Mission Eurasia operating bakeries and now wood stove factories and food distribution and scripture distribution. Say just a word about the number of food packages and scripture that have been distributed thus far. Then we'll talk about Christmas time coming up.
1: Yes, uh, when you know, so since the war broke out, you remember how it well, we were uh, all were in sort of shock, you know, so we could not believe it was happening. But having experienced from the previous Russian invasion into eastern parts of Ukraine in Donbass, Lugansk, and other areas, uh, we had uh, a number of training centers, so that's when the war happened. You know, we had just no choice; turn them into a humanitarian assistance uh, centers, you know, to local communities that suffer from that invasion. So we, when uh, this last time on February twenty-fourth, uh, Russia attacked Ukraine, I immediately knew so that there will be a huge shortage of food and other supplies that people will need looking for a safer place. Uh, so we already started you know, working on the second day, you know, war was kind of breaking out and we already started packing food and sharing with people that left their homes in all the places where Russian missiles were targeting uh, their uh, towns and uh, cities. As of today, and that's eight months later, Wayne, We were able to pack and distribute. It means to deliver to places where people are in very deep need, uh, deliver 130,000 food packages. One food package uh, contains uh, enough food to sustain a family of four or five for at least one week. But this is not just food. Each box with food contains a copy of scripture in Ukrainian language. Uh, so we also distributed over 700,000 copies of different scripture throughout Ukraine, Moldova, Poland, uh, in all those areas where we work with refugees. And Sergey, just a quick word how thankful we
0: are. For the donors, but of course, the volunteers, our own staff, and refugees themselves were rolling up their sleeves and have gone to work now all these months with
1: no end in sight. Yes, Wayne, you know, so that our training program, School Without Walls, you know, for a number of years, Ukraine was our main ministry hub. From uh, that country, we were overseeing or uh, directing all our ministry and the rest of uh, former Soviet Union countries or Eurasia. So when the war began, you know, just think, all these young people we've trained, all these young next generation leaders were trained, they all of a sudden find themselves on the front line of the crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, so the war is fought, you know, so when the Ukrainian army is trying to defend, you know, so their territory, their sovereignty, these young people, they were on the front line of a spiritual and humanitarian crisis. And uh, so all the students, you know, so leaders we've trained, so they just became an army, delivering all the help that people need in the midst of this crisis. Uh, A lot of uh, volunteer uh, trauma counselors were trained through our Next Generation Professional Leaders uh, program prior to war, and I'm so grateful. And now they continue fighting that war, that spiritual war, you know, so they are in the midst of this tragedy crisis. they shining the love of Christ, you know, bringing hope to those who are in need. Sergey, take a
0: moment and tell just one story of how God meets needs in Ukraine through Mission Eurasia.
1: All of a sudden, all these training uh, locations where we uh, had School with the Walls training program uh, became, you know, so the original uh, refugee assistance or crisis emergency assistance uh, centers. And like uh, one of the places in Chernivtsi, by the way, uh, when you had a chance to visit and see that team of young, uh, you know, fired up. Uh, you know, for uh, ministry people, you know, just working, you know, day and night. And uh, so when the huge kind of crowds of uh, refugees were streaming west, uh, uh, they share a story. There was a guy, a single dad with two teenage girls. Their mom died a few months prior to war. He had... just had no idea what he would do. He got his girls into his car. He was quite well off. And, you know, driving west, he, he said, had no idea where he is going. He wanted to find a place where it was safe for his daughters. And he says, they're driving around and the, the girls are asking, Daddy, have you heard anything about God? How come, if God is there, why does he allow this all happened? Mom, mom died. Our house destroyed, this war, you know, lots of people are dying. I Have you heard anything about God? He says, I could not tell them anything. So, and then he says, I'm driving around and it happened. I stopped right by the door of that refugee assistance center. Our School Without Walls leaders just started. There was a sign, you know, help for refugees. Lots of people around. He says, it was a place Leg was specifically arranged for him to farm. (laughs) He says, I pull in, and the girls say, Papa, let's go in. He says, I can't. I will be too embarrassed, you know, so I can buy food probably. I cannot go. You guys, you girls go, you know, and find out what's there. They go inside. They're not coming out for 10, 15 minutes. He started worrying, and all of a sudden, they come out. Sorry. They carry the box two of them, full of food. That's that Mission Eurasia I Care food box. And they're assisted by one of the young leaders there. They are smiling. They're trying to get that box into his car and uh, interrupting each other just, you know, so with such emotion saying, Daddy, God is there. It's all about God. Oh my goodness. Wow! They prayed for us they told us, you know, to come back and we will come back. They were so nice. They gave us food. That's where God is. This story can be repeated hundreds and thousands of time, Wayne. So these young people we've trained, they represent God fighting this war on the front line, bringing hope to people who are devastated by this war.
0: Coming up, Sergey will tell us about gifts of hope a Christmas project we all can take part in. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word in addition to first person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is my good friend Sergey Rakuba, who is president of Mission Eurasia, which has been actively involved in the countries of Eurasia, the former Soviet Union countries, for 30 plus years. And now with the war in Ukraine, with its own offices destroyed in Irpene, this ministry is uh, is moving forward with all, all the energy it can muster and all the support from friends to feed and to spiritually feed the people of Ukraine. Tremendous stories. We'll put it links to this whole ministry at FirstPersonInterview.com. But something is coming. You mentioned the winter is coming, and that's a frightening thought for Ukrainians. How are they going to survive this winter with electricity and, and shortages of every kind there? But there's always been a project called Gifts of Hope. I think it's even more critical now, uh, this year. So tell us about Gifts of Hope and what we can do, Sergey.
1: Okay, the gift of hope is all began in Russia. Wayne, you know, if I can take a couple of minutes just to give an overview how it all started. And Putin was, you know, so the reason how we started the gift of hope uh, in uh, Russia. Uh, we were working with a very credible, very good organization, Samaritan Spurs. And we were bringing a lot of those, you know, shoe boxes, you know, Christmas uh, uh, operation Christmas child shoe boxes, those Christmas gifts. Uh, and at that time, the Russian government, Putin, uh, so they put a thumb on it, you know, they said, we don't need anything from America uh, because Vladimir Putin will give all what our needy children, our orphans in Russia. At that time, there was about 700,000 orphans mm-hmm. living in, in uh, the state institutions in uh, Russia. So then these young leaders, you know, so we trained, they come to us and they say, why do we have to listen what Putin tells us? why don't you help us to print these boxes, make empty boxes available? We will take them to places you know where people can help us, we'll take them to local churches, help us to print a Bible like this, you know so help us to print the children's Bible and we will see if we will be able to make those boxes here not waiting uh, when Putin or his government will, allow or not allow them to be shipped to Russia.
0: So they were asking for the empty boxes to be provided, and they would fill the boxes with what they knew these orphans needed.
1: That's the key kind of uh, aspect of the project. So, we made those boxes available. Uh, We raised some money, you know, so there are lots of poor churches, of course, you know, so they cannot uh, provide resources. But churches that had means in Moscow, they filled those boxes, you know, with things that kids like. And right at the Christmas time, they were delivered uh, to the children, you know, where they wore uh, at uh, the time, schools, orphanages, and so on. As of uh, since that time, we were able to distribute at least average somewhere 120, this Christmas gifts of hope across Russia and other countries of Ukraine. And this is the main point of this. This is the more uh, the global church partnership kind of. This is the kind of a symbol, you know, how the Church of Christ works together. Uh, Generous people here, so they share their resources. People in Russia, other countries, they share their time, uh, their facilities, you know, all what they can We purchase things on bulk, you know, and then volunteers uh, fill these boxes with uh, presents that kids love. We print the Bible, and that's what it makes a gift of hope for a child at christmas time it gives us an opportunity to share the to share the greatest story of all and that's what you know we're planning to do this winter this uh this winter uh when harsh winter is moving into the area thing we've discussed already the conditions how ukrainian refugees and uh, displaced families live in uh we are planning to uh, pack and deliver Uh, at least uh, 100,000 gifts of hope. And these Christmas gifts will be delivered from the uh, mid-December, almost, you know, through the end of January and placed into the hands of these refugee uh, children uh, from Ukraine, in Ukraine, Poland, or, or Moldova. And we can help with this project, can't we? Absolutely, Wayne, you know. So we ask people to give us $25, $25, you know, so $25, it includes, you know, we need to make this empty box printed, uh, you know, with all this nice design, you know, it says, you know, so that Christmas uh, starts with Jesus, you know, so <laughs> that's a Ukrainian language. Uh, we have a nice website there where people go, uh, families, you know, to follow up on, uh, on this project. And uh, so we then, unbulk. Uh, bulk, we buy goods there. It means, you know, we helped uh, to improve the local economy. And during the time of war, it's a special important component of this. And then our volunteers, School of the students, you know, graduates, uh, churches we partner with, they pack these gifts. We print a Bible, uh, children's Bible, colorful, nice, you know, so uh, designed for uh, children. Uh, So that goes on top of this box and then will be delivered uh, by volunteers uh, in Ukraine to the places where refugee uh, children are staying in shelters. Or in Moldova, or in Poland, bring Christmas, the joy of Christmas, uh, to the places where these ch- Ukrainian refugee children are staying, and we really hope that faithful Christian uh, partners, you know, here in the states and other countries, you know, can help us.
0: The Gifts of Hope project that Sergei has just described is now underway, concurrent with all the other relief and ministry being provided by Mission Eurasia. This coming winter will undoubtedly be a very tough season for Ukrainians, and we want to do all we can to help. These gifts of hope for the children are especially important right now, and we'll place a link to how you can help at firstpersoninterview.com. And feel free to share what you've learned today and even share the online link to this interview with others. Another ministry that continues to serve the Ukrainian people is the Far East Broadcasting Company with its radio programming and counseling ministries pointing people to the comfort and hope found in Jesus Christ. For more, visit febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person.